This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome in to the Prospect Podcast. I am Chris Trapasso of CBSports.com. And after the emergency podcast on Friday, I flew solo. I have my regular guest, Matthew Collar, back in our Zoom studio. We're going to call it halfway across the country, Matt is. Uh, and with only four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs, we're down to the conference championship games. 28 picks are now set the draft order in round one of the 2021 NFL draft. And Matt suggested, why don't we do a mock draft, but not. Matt and I back and forth, we're going to run through my most recent mock draft um, that was actually posted last week. I do one per week at CBS Sports. I updated it after playoff or divisional round weekend uh, that just concluded on Sunday night so that we do have the correct order at this point. 29, 30, 31, 32, just based on like winning percentage and like favorites going into these conference title games and then the Super Bowl. So don't get too mad. A lot of people do actually get mad at like the draft order, but fortunately we're just about fully set into round one. Um, Matt, why don't you kick it off and we will be brief on pick number one. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars picking Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Now picking with a head coach in Urban mm-hmm. Meyer that they uh, have to, it sounds like, run the entire organization Urban Meyer's way. And, of course, that comes along with a lot of speculation that maybe he won't pick Trevor Lawrence. Nah, he's going to pick Trevor Lawrence. This, I think, is the safest mock draft pick. And then after this, everything gets uh, pretty hairy, and I'll be very interested to see where you go with a lot of them. But you mocking Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think it's a deadlock no matter who their coach was going to be. Yeah, I think this is one of the most secure number one overall picks that you can throw into a mock draft this early in quite some time. I do remember, though, in 2012, like there was a little like thing in April where it's like, oh, maybe the Colts are actually going to pick Robert Griffin III over Andrew Luck. I almost think that was like the NFL trying to leak something out there that there was interest just to get some uh, excitement for that number one overall pick that might happen again. And maybe the Ohio state ties with urban Meyer and Justin Fields. Um, but Trevor Lawrence has really been anointed as a future number one overall pick for years now. And I think he deserves to go there. Number two overall, the New York jets. I do have them picking Ohio state quarterback, Justin Fields. Obviously this scenario with fields and Zach Wilson is not nearly as clear cut as Trevor Lawrence going number one overall. And I think it's really going to come down to the offensive coordinator differences in New York or in, or with the jets and uh, with what happens uh, with the number three overall selection that I think a team that wants to uh, throw the football down the field more frequently than they're asking their quarterback to be a point guard. 
Um, I think we'll go with Justin Fields. I think he's a little bit safer than Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson was on the draft radar coming into the season, but certainly not in the top five or even a first-round pick type of player. Had a fantastic season at BYU. Um, but I think with what we saw from Justin Fields in 2019, and then he kind of built on that within, you know, they only played in seven or eight games, but with, was even more accurate, especially at the beginning of the season. I think the Jets will ultimately go with Justin Fields with the second overall pick. I think so too. And now that Robert Sala is bringing people with him to New York to run some Shanahan style offense, you and I have talked about this before with Justin Fields. I love the idea of Justin Fields in a Shanahan style offense. I know that, you you know, if it's like his offense, you could love any quarterback in that offense. Nick Mullins had his moments, but I think when you think of an athletic quarterback, a fast quarterback, you immediately think, hey, put him in the shotgun and have him run around like crazy and make plays with his legs. I don't love that for Justin Fields. I think that when he's throwing off a solid platform downfield, he's as good as anybody that is in the NFL in terms of yard uh, arm talent right now and put him in those bootlegs and those rollouts where he can decide to run if he wants, throw the ball downfield. I love that fit. The only question is, Chris – are they going to stick with Sam Darnold? Is there any chance? I say that there's not. I mean, I, I don't think that you can take that risk of staying with Sam Darnold to take an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, whatever. The value is just way too high. And this is not a decent quarterback prospect. This is a phenomenal quarterback prospect. Yeah, any other draft, Justin Fields would be like the penciled in number one overall pick. He wouldn't be obviously as much of a slam dunk to go number one overall as Trevor Lawrence is now, but like, Last couple drafts uh, or, or just any other draft in a vacuum, Justin Fields would get legit number one overall pick type of hype. I, I did think over the weekend, Adam Schefter coming out and saying the Jets brass or they definitely want to move forward with Sam Darnold. Like I kind of fell for it and I tweeted out something like this is not a good idea. This They have the number two overall pick, but it's like they're going to push that out there so they can get as much value in return in a trade. They're not going to say we're going to move on from Sam Darnold. They would, what could they get for him? A fourth rounder, fifth rounder at that point? Like if they're calling up people and saying, we're about to release him, like that's what happens at every trade deadline. Like it, it's, it's not, or in, you know, every start of the new league year, if a team says, Hey, we're going to let this guy go, then teams are not going to trade a second or a third rounder for him. Josh Rosen is our quarterback, right? Josh yeah. That famous tweet. It's been, <laughs> it was circling a lot. Like they put the Cardinals Twitter, some intern, their social media intern put that out there. Um, and then, like, two days later, he was traded. Um, <laughs> okay, number three overall, and this is what is really the whole crux of this entire mock draft and why I, I thought it was a perfect idea of Matt's to do a mock draft, um, was that the mock that I did last week at CBS, I wanted to see how the first round would shake out if Deshaun Watson was traded. Like, 10 days ago, that suggestion was completely preposterous. Like, they're not going to trade him. He proved to be an elite quarterback. He's 25 years old. Um, but things have escalated. It seems like almost every day, Matt, that like Chris Mortensen or Adam Schefter, a big insider, is throwing more fuel on the fire from like legitimate sources that Deshaun Watson is truly unhappy. And the damage that has been done with his relationship with the powers that be in Houston is really, they can't be fixed at, at this point. I think that they should trade him because his value is never going to be higher. They don't have a first or a second round pick. 
they can't really rebuild yet. They don't have any money this year or next year. They can cut a bunch of guys, but then how bad will the roster be at that point? That's the emergency podcast I did on Friday. Kind of went on a 20-minute rant about that. So with this mock draft, and believe me, I've gotten it from both sides. Like Dolphins fans think this is ridiculous. So do Texans fans. The Texans trade Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins. That was the team that Chris Mortensen has said like he would prefer, that Deshaun Watson would prefer to go to for number three overall. So they get that Laramie Tunsil pick back. I don't think the optics from a PR standpoint would be great, but I don't think uh, the Texans, they really, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. There's not a lot of good PR coming out of that organization right now. They get number three overall. They get number 18 overall, which is the Dolphins' original pick in 2021 a 2022 second round selection and Tua Tonga Bailoa. So, and, and it's, it's funny. It's like Tua number five overall selection. It's like, wow, they're getting basically three first rounders in the second rounder. As we've talked about, I think overall in the league, and this is certainly how I feel. And I think you do too, Matt, the reputation of Tua took kind of a big hit in like half of a season. Like this was supposed to be like Drew Brees 2.0 mixed with Russell Wilson. And he was certainly not that as a rookie. So the Dolphins get Deshaun Watson and just threw in a 2022 fourth round pick in the deal. So after the whole fall of doing mock drafts with the Miami Dolphins with number three overall, I actually have the Houston Texans with that pick. And I still have them picking a quarterback, Zach Wilson. And I'll be quick on this and then I'll let you talk and, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. It's for a lot of the reasons that we discussed on a previous podcast, when you're picking this high and you aren't really sure even about a young quarterback, like they would have into a tongue of I that they would get in the trade. You should pick a quarterback because it's the most valuable position on the field. Let them battle it out. And if the one that loses, you can trade him for a second and a third, you can get some compensation back and then you're set with your young quarterback. So that's actually been the biggest gripe, which is fine, that I've gotten on Twitter from people. Like, why would they get Tua in the trade and then still pick Zach Wilson? Well, I don't think the Texans should be jumping for joy starting their rebuild with Tua. I mean, yes, a year ago they probably would have liked that. But, again, with the damage that was done to his reputation, and it's not, you know, so bad that he looks like a future bust, but there's not as many people optimistic about his future. So Zach Wilson – they still go with him, and then they just say, hey, you guys play it out, and really one of you is going to be the starter. The other one is probably going to get shipped off right before the season starts in 2021. So I think your trade compensation is right on, even though, like you said, I'm sure that fans have, of the Dolphins have said, whoa, that's way too much, and the Texans maybe have said, that's not enough. They want enough. like five first-rounders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. They want uh, the Mike Ditka deal for Ricky Williams or something, right? The now, entire uh, draft, yeah. But, but I think you're right on for how how much it would take and for uh, what would work for the Texans to make it a worthwhile deal because you not only get the draft picks, but you also get cap space and they don't have much cap space to deal with. They've really painted themselves into a corner and with Watson's new deal kicking in, uh, they could really benefit from a quarterback on a rookie contract. Uh, the point about drafting a quarterback, philosophically, you and I are very much on the same page here. Keep drafting them until you got one. See Haskins, Dwayne. Look, I mean, Chase Young, 
great player, you went seven and nine. I mean, like if if your quarterback play is not great, you're going seven and nine at best when you have the fourth overall defense, which Washington did. Imagine if they did get a better quarterback in that situation. Um, and, And even if they had drafted Tua and they both went bust, Try it again, because as we see from the championship games, who do we got? We got Aaron Rodgers, and we got you know Tom Brady, we have Patrick Mahomes, and oh look, a quarterback on a rookie deal whose team has built up around him. Those are the things you want. If you don't have a legend, have someone on a rookie deal. Everything in between is going to have a really, really tough time ever getting you anywhere. So with so many question marks about Tua, it makes a lot of sense with Zach Wilson. The one devil's advocate point I would make, because I agree with you, and I would also pick Zach Wilson in the spot. The devil's advocate point would be, they'll be in that spot again for Spencer Rattler next year. <laughs> I mean, they are not close. If Tua's amazing, then maybe they win eight games and they feel like they have their they, their quarterback. If Tua is what he looked like in the second half of the season and he can't throw the ball more than six yards past the line of scrimmage, you'll be drafted number one or two overall, and then you can kind of slow play it the way that uh, Cleveland did with Baker Mayfield, where everyone said, well, why aren't they drafting Carson Wentz or this quarterback or that quarterback? How are they crazy and then they just waited till they had a good roster and dropped him into it and that's another way to do it because you could worry about getting yourself into a Jets situation where the roster is so bad for several years that you don't even know if Sam Darnold is good I mean I don't think he is but you're not 100% sure because that roster and the coaching staff had been so bad around Sam Darnold. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes somewhere else and can play because he does have raw talent. So there are, I think, two sides to that. If I were to guess, I think the Texans probably do not pick Zach Wilson. That's my guess. But I think philosophically you're in the right place. And one other point on this, and this is like one of my ultimate career goals, that after – this mock draft came out last Monday. I updated it, like I said, after the divisional round of the playoffs. Daniel Jeremiah, and I'll explain why this is a career goal of mine. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, fantastic uh, draft coverage pretty much all year, but they obviously really get him on NFL Network a lot from January to April. Uh, worked in the league with the Ravens and I believe the Eagles, like the early 2000s. He tweeted out, the, like just the other night, that the Jets at number two overall are the team that is actually best positioned to trade for Deshaun Watson because they have two first-round picks this year and two first-round picks next year. And his suggestion, trade one of those picks this year, one of those first-rounders in 2022, and then even go into 2023. So it would be three first-rounders. And the second he did that, it got a hundreds of retweets and everything on my timeline. There was radio spots and he put in the end of the tweet, like you're welcome sports radio, Daniel Jeremiah to me more so than any other draft analyst insider, whatever you want to call him. He can move players up and down the board and you will see it. Like we'll talk about it on this podcast and that's not, it's not like making fun of him. It's just crazy how powerful he is in like March. He will post an Instagram and put it on Twitter of him watching film of some random defensive back from like Texas A&M that no one's talking about. And he will say, wow, this guy looks like a good player. The next thing you'll see, he'll be in the first round of mock drafts or people will say, Hey, this guy looks like a sleeper. I did a profile on him. And with that tweet, 
he really opened people's eyes like, hey, this is not just the Dolphins thing. This could be a Jets thing. So maybe we're talking about the wrong team, and maybe just it will ultimately be the Jets with uh, their new head coach, Joe Douglas, entering yeah. uh, you know, a very important offseason. So I didn't want to talk about that for too long, but it's just fascinating how this ultimately plays out. And obviously we do have the Dolphins making the move, so we'll get another um, Houston Texans pick later in this mock draft. Number four overall, I have the Atlanta Falcons picking Patrick Sertan from Alabama. I think he's a better version of uh, Trevon Diggs, uh, who came out of Alabama last year, but similar style, tall, towering, physical, press man corner. Uh, not the craziest, most smooth athlete, but watching the Falcons the last like five years, or at least since that Super Bowl, it seemed like at times their offense looks like one of the better offenses in the NFL. They can still pass it all around the yard. Kevin Ridley's come on strong. The offensive line really isn't a problem. Matt Ryan just consistently puts up good figures. But the defense, whether it be the pass rush, and I don't know if there is a slam dunk edge rusher here, but the secondary has just been a problem for a long time. So I think this was kind of one of those chalk picks, but just to pick the consensus top corner, Patrick Sertan made the most sense to me. Yeah, clearly they are uh, in some serious need of defensive improvement. The only question I have, and you probably know what it is, Trey Lance, like would they do the Trey Lance dance because Matt Ryan is up there in age and, you know, there are some teams like the Packers who are willing to surprise people by taking a quarterback in the first round like they did last year with Jordan Love or, you know, back in the day when they picked Aaron Rodgers while they still had Brett Favre. I mean, I think that the model is good. The thinking is good to not necessarily focus on what you need right now, but focus on what you need two years from now. And sometimes I think teams get caught up on, hey, man, next year we need we need this, this guy at this position because we got to win right now. But draft picks, you know, the, their individual impacts for year one, not always the – I mean, Jeff Okuda is a great example. Like, oh, man, this guy's the consensus, top corner, bad coach – some injuries mixed in and all of a sudden he has basically no impact on the Detroit lions in year one. So that would be my only question for you is, did you consider mocking all quarterbacks in the top four? I did. And I, I want to say a few weeks ago, just cause I do so many mock drafts. I kind of like lose track of where I have players. <laughs> I think I did have Trey Lance going there. And I think now with Arthur Smith, their new head coach, it wouldn't be crazy, although I do think that coaches and GMs like understand like, hey, I, I'm not going to be guaranteed like six years to turn this thing around. But with a new head coach who is an offensive mind, he might say, hey, I love this Trey Lance guy. And for him to sit behind Matt Ryan for a couple of seasons, maybe that actually buys me more time, even if we aren't crazy good, that we could say, hey, we still have that first round quarterback. And like we've said on this podcast before, a Trey Lance should not be starting in the NFL next season. That would not be good for his development, most likely. A team like the Falcons that has a veteran, uh, I think, make a lot of sense and have him be that starter. Get that Patrick Mahomes redshirt season and let him be the starter for whatever team in 2022. Number five overall, another chalk pick, Penny Sewell from, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals from Oregon. Talked about him previously. I think he's the best offensive tackle prospect in this class. I don't think he's the most fundamentally sound. I think he's pretty good technically, but what stands out about him is his size and his athleticism combination. It cannot be matched really. It's not even close um, to any of the other offensive tackles. And we've said it ad nauseum. Joe Burrow got completely 
beat up behind that Cincinnati offensive line ultimately ended his season prematurely. This would be a pick that even a month or two ago, the Bengals didn't think could, you know, ultimately materialize for them if they landed at number five overall. Um, But this would be one I think the Bengals and Joe Burrow would be very excited about. I also feel like this is the pick that you would gamble on. Like if you are a better and you're picking what are the favorites, um, it would be, of course, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall, would be the overwhelming favorite. But I also think just the way that the board works out in your particular mock where you've got the trade, I mean, Sewell to the Bengals just makes so much sense. Like you said, that their offensive line was a complete disaster. You've got a number one overall quarterback that you want to keep building around. They also have weapons. Like, they're not in a position where they have to draft Devontae Smith here or draft Jamar Chase. Um, I won't spoil, but I um, think Jamar Chase is still the best receiver in this draft. And, you know, they could do that because A.J. Green is at the very end of his career, and they might look at it and say – Like, we get it with the offensive linemen, but let's just give him more people to throw to. But that would be if their offensive line was decent. It's not decent. It's super, super bad. So, yeah, I think Penny Sewell going here is the right pick. Number six overall, Philadelphia Eagles. And you did spoil it a little bit. I did. Sorry about that. Jamar Chase, because I I haven't done my official wide receiver grades yet, but I am going in. Not going to be surprised if Jamar Chase actually grades higher than Devontae Smith. We talked about it on the last or two podcasts ago. The age difference, I think, is going to be a big factor, the 19 to 22-year-old thing. Um, Jamar Chase giving whoever the quarterback is, and probably going to start as Jalen Hurts uh, in 2021, another weapon that with the injuries and Jalen Rager, um, who did spend time on the injured list, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Deshaun Jackson had some older pieces. I think it just makes a lot of sense that for Jalen Hurts or whoever the next quarterback is to get him the most complete receiver um, who is still very young and dominated at 19 years old, add him to that roster. Yeah, what's interesting is this is also a team that's known as being pretty analytical with their draft processes. Mm -hmm. And so you might have fans of the Eagles who say, look, you just drafted a wide receiver. But I think the numbers are sort of pushing toward more weapons that you can stack around your quarterback, get good enough offensive line play, the right system, a good quarterback, tons of weapons, and then you can have an offense that's explosive. I have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback. You can't really get rid of Carson Wentz. You kind of just have to bite the bullet there. The reports that are coming out of Philadelphia look so bad for Carson Wentz that maybe even in the locker room he was problematic and and in the quarterback room. So does that mean you try to ship him off to like Denver or something? I don't know. But if you are going to go with Jalen Hurts, this is still a quarterback who's pretty flawed, I think is really exciting and explosive. And I think you can win with that. But he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He's not going to stand back in in drop-back situations and just fire into tight windows all day long. So if you could get him receivers who are going to be open and who could create separation against single coverage, you could kind of, you know, create like a poor man's Josh Allen kind of situation there if you wanted to. Because although we'll see what kind of offense, we don't even know who their coach is, what kind of offense they want. But I just love the idea of, you got older weapons who are kind of moving along, so draft the top wide receiver. He's certainly a top five draft prospect. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that pick, and I think that that's another one that is very plausible to me. 
Yeah, and that would really be, to me, just like a best player available situation, and it kind of fits a need for the Eagles. Um, I'm totally with you, and I think you were on to something, Matt, like in that one of the first podcasts that we did together that you said that you thought the second most important and valuable position in the NFL has become wide receiver. I was like, oh, I think it still might be offensive tackle. I, I'm getting more onto your school of thought that, yeah, teams are realizing, like, build around your young quarterback with not one, not two, but maybe three really good wide receivers and get a great pass-catching running back and a pass-catching tight end. So I think Jamar Chase would make a lot of sense and just the value would be there. Number seven overall, Devontae Smith does not have to wait long. Goes to Detroit with the Lions. Uh, I think in almost every mock, I've had to like change up what I've written about the Lions pick because I want, I continually wanted to write like that their entire receiver group is bound for free agency. Yep. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. Um, so they're going to have to revamp that wide receiver group. Uh, I, I don't know if Matthew Stafford will still be around. I, I think he probably will. He's the one that I think would make sense for if there is a, a pretty big trade in at the quarterback spot this offseason, he could be involved in that. But it's kind of the same thing. Even if you do trade Matt Ryan and or Matthew Stafford and you go a different route at quarterback, like you're going to need some wide receivers. And Devontae Smith, despite the age, uh, another wide receiver that is completely well-rounded routes, yards after the catch, contested catchability, will just really be the question about uh, can he hold up at 175 pounds against press coverage in the NFL? They could be in a situation like Denver was last year where they draft mm-hmm. multiple wide receivers in the first three rounds. And uh, losing Marvin Jones is a guy that I think people vastly underrate for how good. good he is. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Kenny Galladay, one of the best deep wide receivers in the NFL, you're probably losing both of them. But they do have a good offensive line. And some pieces on defense to work with that Matt Patricia clearly didn't know how to work with. So I I, I don't think that they just bail on Matt Stafford and trade him away. Now, I I could be completely wrong on this, but I think they're going to take one more kick at the can rather than saying, let's start over a quarterback. No, we've got a good quarterback. We've got a roster with a lot of actually good players on it but it's a couple of pieces away and somebody who has a defensive scheme that can not play single coverage all the time and also not maybe struggle so much to rush the passer, which was always amazing to me with Detroit. But um, you got to replace these wide receivers. I mean, you have two of the better receivers in the NFC just walking out the door in a draft that you have game-changing, franchise-changing receivers in the top 10. Yeah, that has to be either a wide receiver or – Kyle Pitts at that point. I think I've mocked Kyle Pitts there a couple of times, even with um, TJ Hawkinson there. Like they need more weapons for Matthew Stafford or whoever is the quarterback in 2021 for the Lions. Number eight overall, this is where I have Trey Lance landing. I think this would be one of the teams like uh, the Atlanta Falcons, like the Minnesota Vikings, um, that I think would be a soft landing spot for Trey Lance. He could sit for a season behind Teddy Bridgewater the Panthers were, to me, a pretty competitive team at 5-11. and 11. They were in that game late in the season against the Chiefs. They didn't really get much production out of Christian McCaffrey this year. He, you know, battled injuries for the whole season, but they got a lot of production out of Mike Davis. Uh, they have some fun receivers. DJ Moore, um, another 1,000-yard season. Curtis Samuel is a free agent. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him, um, but I think after drafting – an entire class of defensive players like Matt rule needs to go offense here. Um, If they don't go with another player to um, replace Curtis Samuel, I think Trey Lance just would make sense for the long view 
for the Matt Rule era. He's got all the athleticism and the arm talent. Uh, he just only played one college football season at a lower level. This would make a lot of sense because he would get that tutelage from Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't have a big arm, but is accurate and knows where to go with the football. And and no better personality than Teddy Bridgewater. He is the younger version of Ryan Fitzpatrick without the beard. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, he he plays a different style of quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course. The Fitz Magic style is to just let loose and, and that's you know, Bridgewater's more of a throw underneath type guy, but a a plus human being who is willing to take somebody under their wing to be a great teammate who knows the game and can operate at a high level, but is probably not at this point, you know, post knee injury ever going to be a franchise quarterback. The other approach here that I, I was going to ask you about is trading down and taking whatever else best player available. Because looking at this Carolina roster, I know they won five games. It might be the worst roster in the NFL. I mean, there. If you ask me, like so Jackson, young. Jacksonville or Carolina roster, I'd be like, mm, I mean, I'm not sure. There's a big difference there. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually thought that Joe Brady and and Teddy Bridgewater and and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, they got a lot more out of that than I thought they would, even just for for having an average NFL offense because their line is terrible, their defense is terrible. They played the most rookie snaps on defense of anybody. I think there's a case to trade down if you're Carolina and just try to get as many draft picks as you can because I don't think this is a 2021 Super Bowl contender. I think we're even maybe two or three more years off. Yeah, I don't think we're that far apart in our thoughts on the Panthers because I, I just have this sense that Matt Rule will be taking like the long view yeah. with that yeah. number eight overall pick. If it's Trey Lance, he's like, okay, you know, we're not going to get an instant impact guy, but we don't care. We're playing for 2022, 2023, yep. and beyond. Or, hey, let's trade down like you suggested, um, and we need to add even more pieces to the defense. We need to add some offensive linemen. We need to replace Curtis Samuel. Um, that would make a lot of sense. That's probably – Maybe beyond Cincinnati, if Penny Sewell's gone, uh, probably the first, at this point at least, pre-free agency, the, the ripe spot for the first trade down inside the top ten. There's usually at least one. That could be the spot. Aaron's makes getting the furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. Great deals, easy approvals, free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team.